My name's Brian, and today is Monday, May 29th, 2023, and this is another episode of Lots to Talk About. My guest this evening is one of America's leading behavioral management and business marketing specialists and is author of a multi-award winning book called Brain Glue, How to Sell Easier by Making Your Ideas Sticky. He's run an advertising agency and that worked with a wide range of Fortune 500 and smaller firms. And then for four, 13 years, excuse me, he ran one of Southern California's leading behavioral management firms, working with a who's who of America's business while there. I would like to welcome two lots to talk about, James I. Bond. How are we doing, James? How is it going this evening? Good, Brian. How's it going with you? Uh, another night, another night, another interview, and uh, always, <laughs> up, always up for these conversations, uh, especially with something as interesting as this. I started digging in a little bit, uh, but anyway, before we get to that, would you uh, kind of i i lay it out there a little bit in the intro, but could you uh, introduce yourself to my audience, uh, maybe that does not know who James I Bond is, other maybe <laughs> than from. I don't, I, I'm guessing it's not you. Well, I was born <laughs> before the movies, but after the book. So my book, my mom and my dad said it was just coincidence, but I don't agree with them. I don't believe them. <laughs> Let's start there. I get people hanging up on me all the time. I have this guy is an investment banker uh, named Jesse James. Is that a good name for a banker? A bank robber, Jesse James. And I called his office and she said, who's calling? I said, James Bond, she said, yeah, right. And she hung right up on it. <laughs> it's always fun when people are, I call back and she's apologizing while she's laughing hysterically. Ha, yeah. ha, ha, sorry. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> She's waiting for your call. Oh, so, perfect. Perfect. So I'm originally from Montreal and okay. I live in Southern California now. We actually have a son and three daughters and our middle daughter, uh, I, when she was born, we moved to Los Angeles and we gave, or Los Angeles area. We don't actually live in Los Angeles. We live like you know north of it we're in a really cool place cool meaning warm by the way <laughs> and uh, we gave her the initials la so whenever people say how long have you been in los angeles we say oh she's 36 so oh, we've been here 36 years you know oh so nice cool. nice so, so you, it runs in the family doing the playing name games oh yeah oh yeah she's actually um so her middle name is asia aja and she loves that name she lives in uh, montana in billings montana and she's doing she loves it there and nice. uh, but she called me like two years ago and she said, uh, you know, Dad, you call me Asia, which is really cool. Everybody likes my name and everything. Where'd you ever, ever get that name from? And I said, well, we like Steely Dan when we were young. And Steely Dan has an album called Asia and the song Asia. And so she right. calls me back. She says, I was just listening to that song. That's horrible. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. You know, you give them a the name, you're sort of stuck with it. It was the eighties. I mean, you give me a break. Yeah, well, they're creative. I was giving you a creative name, you know. She eventually she called me back and said, "No, I've been listening a little while. I actually kind of like it." But in the beginning, I was like, "No, why'd you name me that?" You know. I mean, I I I like Steely Dan. I'm a I'm I'm all right with Steely Dan. Yeah, me too. I love Steely Dan. But so um, we originally uh, I was in Montreal, and uh, I have a you know a technical background. 
Um, and uh, I would work, uh, work really, I, I started an advertising agency. You know, we were working hard to do creative stuff, uh, mostly, you know, visually cool and uh, logic. I'm a logic guy, as you are. And, you know, logic. So you were more on the more on the design side than anything with the ad agency, the visual design. Is that was that kind of where you were coming at it from? Yeah. And creative. I mean, you know, but but logical, you know, so somebody would show us something. We say, OK, well, here's the logical reason why somebody should buy it. And we'll sort of create it that way. And I worked my way up and we had actually some really we got, you know, I mean, parts of them. We didn't get the whole client, but, you know, things like Kraft Foods and Avon uh, Cosmetics, Abbott Laboratories, uh, Seagram's, their headquarters, world headquarters. Is there. So okay. I, was cool. I had a friend who was like, <laughs> he, <laughs> poor guy. So he's finally off booze. Okay. He's, he was, he uh, was, uh, he was, he was off booze for like six months. He wasn't touching it or anything else. Cause he's like, if in the beginning he would drink all the time because he was nervous having to win clients, you know, he's not a good salesman and, you know, you drink a bit and suddenly you become comfortable, uh, you know, talking to people. <laughs> he was a technical guy like me. And so uh, six months after he's like, sort of, he's like clean and everything else. Guess what he won? <laughs> Seagram's. <laughs> nice. Like, oh, nice. Cool guy. It was just, I remember we would do all these like photography of all the like catalog stuff of like uh, different booze. So we have like just about every kind of liquor they have. And he would just tell me, and, and you're taking it. Not me. And I'm not a big, I'm not a drinker. You know, so he's like, you're taking it, right? Do you understand? It's like, oh, I guess we're giving, it's Christmas time. We'll give a lot of presents. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, who doesn't enjoy a bottle of booze under the Christmas tree? So, but. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's a roll of the dice there when you got a job like that. I mean, sometimes you got to roll into some things you, uh, you're not really ready to do. That's right. That's right. But so what happened was because, you know, we had some contacts from the people we knew, we had an opportunity to win the anti-drug campaign in America. You know, that was really cool. And it's like kind of giving back as well as getting, you know, you get famous because, you know, if your stuff. And so I came up with a logical reason why people shouldn't be, uh, you know, uh, um, overdoing uh, drugs. And uh, and then we lost. They like what we did, but we lost and we deserve to lose. And we lost to the guy that did this. He had an egg in his hand. As soon as I start describing it, you'll remember it. He had an egg in his hand. He said, this is your brain. It cracks the shell and drops it into a sizzling frying pan. And everybody could hear that loud yeah. sizzling. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? And there are two things that happened to me. The first one was I recognize this is a gazillion times better than our logical reason. Okay. I mean, this is powerful. It was emotional. It was like, you know, affecting you. The second one was it was emotional selling and I didn't know how to do emotional selling. I could do logical selling, but what not was your idea. What, do you mind saying what your idea was? Or well, just saying that it messes up your life. You know, you, you, if you overdo it with drugs, it messes up your life. And I have to say, I shouldn't say it, but I, I did some drugs when I was young, you know, I mean, Hey, it was my generation. What can I say? It was actually it's just like naming your kid Asia. I mean, it just happens that time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. What can I say? So, but so I realized, like, I was first. You know, it was fabulous that ad, but it also terrified me because I had no clue how to do emotional selling, and so, and I realized school doesn't teach you it, and the library has superficial things, but it doesn't really teach you emotional selling. And but a lot of people who understand emotional selling, like they, pew, they just you know they're fantastic. And so what I did was I said, I took a box and I called it the passion box. I said, everything that is emotional selling, I'm going to put inside this box. And so on a three by five card, I wrote your brain on drugs and I put it in the box. So I'll remember that. 
And I said to myself, I'm not going to overanalyze this because I don't understand enough about how it works. I mean, emotionally, I understand because I can look at something and go, whoa, but I can't like figure out the mechanics of how they did that, you know, because it's emotional selling. And so I, I put it in a box. I remember my wife hated going to a doctor's office with me because I'd be looking through a magazine. I go, ah, oh, this is great. She said, do not tear it out of the magazine. I said, no, I have to put it in my box. She'd go, do She'd sit as far away as possible. I do not know that guy. Okay. So I'm tearing this magazine out of the, the page out of the, out of the magazine, but it just, eventually I I like read it sounded like good housekeeping yeah well you know but when you're in a doctor's office you know you're looking at a magazine that you don't normally look at you know and you go like whoa that's really cool whoa look at that you know look at the head on that guy but anyway so um what i did so i started putting them inside the box but i also started putting uh comments i hear somebody say something that was really profound and i go whoa i don't know what that is but there's something about that that's really profound. And I grew up with uh, President JFK before he was assassinated and uh, Martin Luther King and all that stuff. So JFK said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Wow, that's there's something that resonates. I talk to people that are, you know, were born long after JFK and they know that quote. And it sticks in everybody's brain like glue, which is why it's called brain glue. And so I wrote it down on a three by five card. I put it in my box. Later on, I learned it's called chiasmus. I'll tell you how chiasmus works in a second. But it's actually a pop. It's like a game you play with yourself of like where you, sw you switch things around. In fact, I'll give you some examples of chiasmus. But I'll get back to my story. It's like winners never quit and quitters never win. Okay. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Okay. They have a lot of comedians that do this. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Yeah. Okay. How about this one? I'm old enough to for this to relate. I'd rather wake up and pee than pee and wake up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that. So that. Yeah. I didn't even. I didn't even. Um, it took me even a few seconds to get back to your um, your drug campaign example that that was even that and that's why it sat there. Like. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, All right. So so eventually I moved to California. And I met John Gray, and John Gray wrote, the, wrote this fantastic book, one of the best relationship books ever. He was actually funny. He always said he taught he told me, "Don't tell anybody you're an expert," because I go home and my wife proves that I have no, I am not an expert in man woman relationships. So tell him you're a specialist. Okay, great. So, but uh, he's telling me that. Um, so he wrote this book, Men, Women, and Relationships. And uh, he was frustrated. He sold a few thousand copies, but you know you don't make that much when you sell a few thousand copies. And so he was he was he was running a, a seminar to try to promote the book. And he said something, and all the women in the audience started laughing like crazy. And the guys looked at the women like, "What was so funny about what you were saying? What he just said?" And so one of the women said, "They see he says, Do you see, look, there are some things that women laugh at and men don't. There are some things that men laugh at and women don't.'" And one of the women says, "It's almost like men are from a different planet." And he says, I guess men are from Mars, you know, and the whole audience laughed hysterically. OK, I don't I, gals out there. I don't think we're from Mars. Just an FYI. OK, I, 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 Brian, are we from a different planet? I don't think so. But anyway, could be. But so when he got home, he's thinking, well, if men are from Mars, where are women from? I guess women are from Venus. Venus is the god of love. And then he got this crazy idea. It's like, what happens if I change the title of my book from Men, Women, and Relationships to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? And I'll do references. It'll be the same book, but I'll make sure I put references to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus throughout the book. And what do you think happened? Almost overnight, he sold half a million copies. 
Then I've a heard million of one of them. <laughs> what? I I've I've heard of one of them. I haven't heard of the others. So. Okay. Exactly. I, I'm exactly. not a big relationship book reader. So. And neither am I. But you know, but I was I was in a store. I was in a bookstore. You know, today we everything's on Amazon and online. But I was in a bookstore and I was looking at books. And I was like, "Men are from Mars, women are from Venus." What? And I picked it up. The first step to getting to buy a book is to pick it up, and they get a lot of people picking up the book. And so he sold, uh, he sold fifty million books. So here he was with the old title, and he sold twenty thousand books. When he just by changing the title, suddenly he sold fifty million books. Can you imagine? I mean, if you make half a buck, if you make a buck a book, I don't know if you made a buck a book, but if you make a buck a book, hey, now you can spend your time in a camper or, you know, I'm leaving, you know, give me, make sure I got access to that bank account is protected and I'm out of here. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> when I, when I got home, I realized first I was going to put the book inside the box, you know, the passion box. And I said, no, 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 this is too good. This is like, this is proof that all you have to do is change it. And then suddenly it sales take off like crazy. Your income takes right. off like crazy. And so I, I took the passion box. I dumped it on my bed, bedspread. And I started seeing, are there patterns? And one of the patterns I saw, which was men are from Mars, women are from Venus, was uh, analogy or metaphor. And then I realized there's a show on TV. A lot of people know it called uh, Shark Tank. It's not a tank full of sharks. It might feel like it when you're on the show, but it's, you know, but calling it Shark Tank made it cool. Okay. Then I was, I saw this thing on the Discovery Channel talking about uh, Rocky Road ice cream. It was started by uh, Dryer's ice cream in the the Great Depression. And so Rocky Road ice cream, it's not rocks. It isn't like you open up and you got rocks, you got to move the rocks away. I'm going to fight my, okay. But they, it's chocolate ice cream with nuts and marshmallows. But the, they actually stole the idea from somebody else. The name. They said, "What's cool? Let's call it Rocky Road ice cream." And three reasons why it took off. Three brain glue reasons why it took off. Okay, and it was long before brain glue existed. But he, they, that's what I understood as these tools. So the first one is Rocky Road is an analogy or metaphor because it's not rocks. Okay, for those of you out there who don't know. The second one is it's Rocky Road. It's, it uses something called alliteration, which is a repetition of sounds. And then I started realizing, wow. I said, first, are they the only ones? And I realized, no. Look at all the products that are blockbusters that use these tools. Now, this is one of the things that's really good, which you have to understand this. I'm stealing ideas that very rich people are using that cost zero, cost virtually no money. Well, if you have to change the title of your book, it costs money. But you can actually have spend no money and suddenly have turn your product or service into a blockbuster. So Rocky Road uses alliteration, which is a repetition of sound. Coca-Cola, Best Buy, PayPal, TikTok. You think it's a coincidence that they use alliteration? I mean, think of a liter- uh, TikTok, okay? If they call it the Chinese social media platform, you think that many people would sign on to that thing? No, I don't think so. You know, TikTok. You know, and right. it's just and suddenly I start, and I start realizing I'm a baby boomer. You know, what do they call terrible twos? You know, they use alliteration sticks to the brain. And you go like, oh, wow, this is really cool. It's a trick. It's a tool that apply, you know, to apply. So because the biggest problem we have is we're competing with so many products and services out there that we want something that sticks to the brain. And if we can get something that they remember, you know, then they're going to go like, wow, okay. I mean, so one of the tools, uh, one of the tools is um, um, trigger words, okay? And so Blue Emu, okay, is uh, arthritis cream. And I remember seeing a commercial for Blue Emu. It had Johnny Bench on it. No, I didn't even, wasn't even looking at it really. But it says, Blue Emu, it works fast and you won't stink. 
what? What did he just say? And he won't speak? Because <laughs> it, it wakes up the brain. And because, you know, we have all the stuff they're throwing at us and people look at their phones or whatever else it is. And so you, what we want is you want to stop and go, oh, what? Wait a second. What's that? And you won't stink? <laughs> what does that mean, you know? I mean, there's a song uh, Kurt Cobain did, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Ew, what does teen spirit smell like? Oh, is that like a locker room? But, you know, calling it smells like teen and it's a fabulous song. But if you smells like teen spirit, you know, he understands it or he understood that, uh, you know, you, you, you trigger different things in the brain and people go like, uh, what, what, you know, I mean, there's, uh, so that's, those are some of the tools. Another tool for Rocky road is Rocky. They use humor and here's how they use humor. Rocky road was, was, uh, introduced in during the great depression. And the, the uh, nickname for the great depression was Rocky road. We're all on a Rocky road. So their concept was since we're all on a Rocky road, we might as well have Rocky road ice cream. Which kind of makes you laugh a little bit. It's like okay, but you know, right. it triggers right. the brain. You know, if somebody tells you a joke, it triggers the brain. You you know, you want to remember it to tell other people. And so, when people recognize that they start creating their products, I mean, I'll give you some examples of some products that are blockbusters just because of the wacky names they have. Okay, New Pig Corporation. They're the largest seller of of rags and um, uh, you know um, um, oil. Uh, cleanup uh, products, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so what they did was they uh, a nickname for rags was pig. They thought pigs, okay. It was just and you don't know it unless you're in the industry, okay. And they thought this will be fun. Why don't we call it New Pig Corporation? We'll have our salesman with a hat with a pig snout on the front and a a, a wiggle tail on the back, and they'll we'll say buy our rags and we'll give you one of these hats. You know, people say yeah, cool. And now they've got like a pigalog instead of a catalog. They have a pigalog that they come out with like once a year, and now it's online. But these guys are—it's became a monster of success. So here's another one, okay? Um, Carrie Smith had a small company, and he started making a little bit of money. So he had this friend that had a company for sale that was making these really big fans, and he says, "Okay, so um, you know, I'll buy it." So he bought the fan company. And they have the fans go into barns, okay? That's the main place where they sell it because you don't want to put an air conditioner in a, in a, in a barn, you know, right. for your cows. So you got to put a big fan in it. And so he was running an ad one day and he said, oh, these are big-ass fans. Let me call it big-ass fans and just see what happens. And he ran an ad for big-ass fans and sales exploded. I mean, exploded. People hide big-ass fans. And so he realized, wait a second, maybe I should change the name of my company to big-ass fans. They are they are enormous. I I worked in a I worked in a foundry and we had some and yes they are big. <laughs> How big are they? These are big ass fans. Big ass fans for sure. And, and then he came up with this cool logo with a donkey with his butt facing you and then the head is turned to face us also. Yep. Just in case you didn't get big ass fans, you know. Yep, yep. He, his his company he started with virtually nothing and he sold it after fifteen years for five hundred million dollars. In fact, what he did was he started offering other products besides fans and it distracted him. He realized, wait a second, I'm the big ass fans company. I need to stop selling those things and just focus on fans. A lot of people don't think of it. You know, the more you could focus on a narrow area, you can own that area. And, you know, everybody is all we have the Johnson fan company. We have the Jones fan company. We have the you know, and here's the big ass fans They're like, what? (laughs) Let me check this out. This looks cool. And it grabs your attention. You know, and it just, it, it really works. They have this guy, 
So one of the things I try to get people to do is to come up with an analogy or a metaphor about your product or service and be as crazy as possible, okay? <laughs> so this guy comes up with an electric razor to shave man's private areas. I don't want to get too much into that, but the man shave man's private areas. And so he's thinking of like, what do I come up with? What's a cool name that I can come up with that won't offend people, but will make it obvious what I sell? What do you think he came up with? The lawnmower. He said, I'm going to call it the lawnmower. He decided to call this company Manscaped. Okay, so man's landscaping a man. And the lawnmower took off like gangbusters. Suddenly a huge company, Braun or something, is trying to buy out his company. He said, no, I'm making too much money. Go away. I mean, he, but he's like, you know, out of the blue, suddenly he's like, they have this couple, you know, uh, a mom and uh, her son in Utah. And so she's sitting on the toilet and she realizes, you know, if you raise your feet a little bit on the toilet, it actually, it's better for the body and everything else. So they wanted, they wanted to come up with a really cool name for the product. They hadn't never been in business before, but they thought this would really be cool. If we have a cool name, it will help us sell the product. And so they came up with, okay, so it's sitting on the toilet. So what are other words for toilet? Toilet, blah, blah, potty. Okay, potty. Now, what do you do? What are words that rhyme with potty? And then they came up with the name Squatty Potty. The rest, as they say, is history. And within two years, in less than two years, they had a hundred million dollars of sales. They got on Shark Tank. They sort of did that. Yeah, that that uh, that commercial with the uh, the pooping pony is the the most phenomenal piece of advertising. Hey, it helped them go from zero to two hundred, a hundred million dollars of sales. Right. So I, 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 I must have shared. I must have shared that a hundred times, <laughs> not because I was buying a squatty potty, but because that that uh, that guy ate. He was handing rainbow unicorn poop to the kids to eat, and That's right. I, I thought I thought that was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, it, you think if it was called the to the toilet stool, it would be as successful as squatting? No, party. not at all. No. Okay. <laughs> My wife said the stool stool. No, that doesn't work. Either. I got the idea. No. But so I, I saw um, on Shark Tank. I periodically watch it. They had. Uh, um, um, Wally Amos, who did Famous Amos Cookies, okay? Okay. And uh, he's struggling right now. And he's struggling because, you know, when he sold when they sold Famous Amos, they sold everything. They sold his picture, so he can't use his picture. He can't use his name and all that stuff. So he had this other product, which is, I don't even remember what the name was, but it was just something just random, okay? These other cookies he was making. And the people on Shark Tank really wanted to help him and invest in him. They really felt bad, but they couldn't because there was nothing he was offering. You know, right. you're not famous, Amos. We can't, you have nothing that resonates. And so I was thinking of this and I said, here, if I would help him, which I'm going to try to connect with him, here's what I would do. So you can't do famous Amos. Okay. You're Wally Amos. You're still allowed to be Wally Amos, but you're Wally. So why don't we come up with a product called Wally Balls? Okay. <laughs> Wally Balls and make yeah. cookies in the shape of balls. Okay. I'm sure right. he could do that because he's really creative. And then we'll have you fr from the back of your head instead of the front. And it'll say, I can't, I'm not allowed to show my face. I'm the guy with no face, okay? And on the back, you say, hey, I'm Wally Amos. I invented a famous cookie that everybody loves, but I'm not allowed to use my face anymore. So just think of me as the guy with no face. And he would, he would suddenly, the guys on Shark Tank would have invested in him because, you know, Wally balls, it just, it resonates, you know? It's just, and that's one of the cool things about uh, Brain Glue is if you have a product or service, it helps you come up with a hot name that, you know, that really take off, take off like crazy. I love to say switch your pitch if you want to get rich. Okay. And, and it's amazing because I have people changing their name and suddenly things take off like crazy, but it also gives you ideas. 
So you might have something or, you know, and then like for Wally Amos, he can't come up with that product, but my name is Wally Amos. So if I can't use Amos, what can I use? Well, I can use Wally. What works with Wally? Wally balls, you know, it sounds like volleyball, you know, and it's, it, it resonates. And so, because it's like a, um, a pickleball, you know, pickleball. I mean, if it was called uh, hand tennis, do you think it would be as successful as pickleball? No, I don't know. Blue suddenly, hey, you got to play pickleball. What's pickleball? You have, what do you throw pickles? No. Right. Like, yeah. It's it's the it's the ask the ask the next question. Uh, what what do you what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And what is engaging? You know. I mean, that's what you want to do is you want to engage people so much. So there, there's another thing that's called uh, so. This is based on something that's called redintegration, not reintegration, but redintegration. I love talking to psychologists because they go, oh, we're experts. Everything else. Well, do you know about redintegration? I go, no, what's that? Well, you should be looking it up. And they, I have, I do it for this class in uh, one of the universities here because I'm helping them to be entrepreneurs, you know, to be successful. And I said redintegration. I can see one of the girls says, that doesn't exist. Did you invent that? She, you can see it in her face. You know, she's looking at me and she goes, oh, yeah. Huh. How come we never taught this? Redintegration is our brain's need for completion. Okay. It's like I'll go into the living room, my wife will be watching a movie, and I'll say, Hey, our TV show, is that any good? No, nah, it's stupid. Why are you watching it? Well, I want to see how it turns out. Okay. And it's we have that. And so we have the brain's need for completion. That's why the most powerful tool of human interaction is questions, aren't they? See, yeah. I see. And if I keep asking, are you going to keep nodding your head? <laughs> because we're programmed to answer questions. Okay. And so when we answer, so if somebody asks you a question, it's really powerful. Because our our brain and our body are programmed to answer a question if somebody asks it. Okay, that's why you ask a cool question, and you know it's really good. So, um, but so that's that's because of redintegration. We like symmetry. Okay, we like the two sides the same. And my wife notices this a lot. Like some guy will have one eye goes up like this, and the other one he says, "Well, look at this guy. He's driving me nuts because half his face looks like one person, half his face looks like another person." You know. <clears throat> and there's something called asymmetry, which is if it isn't balanced, okay? Right. And so this is Marilyn Monroe, and a lot of people don't know this about Marilyn Monroe. <clears throat> so Marilyn Monroe was um, Norma Jean, and <clears throat> I, was, I think it was her manager that came up with the name Marilyn, said, you should call yourself Marilyn, and I think it's her stepfather named Monroe, so she got Marilyn Monroe, which is, by the way, alliteration, Mama Marilyn Monroe, okay? It's like Chevy Chase, you know? I mean, there's certain things that names resonate right. when you hear that repeating sound, but that wasn't enough. And so she loved Jean Harlow, who was a famous actress in the early days of the movie business. And Jean Harlow had platinum blonde hair. So she went to the same hairdresser as Jean Harlow and got her hair colored the same color as Jean Harlow, platinum blonde. So now she's you know, good looking, Marilyn Monroe, she's got platinum blonde hair. And she had a beauty mark on her, on her cheek, but she covered it up with makeup. One day she's sitting and she's looking at photographs of Jean Harlow. And then she realizes, wait a second, some photographs, Jean Harlow has a beauty mark on her cheek. And in some photographs, it's on her chin, not her cheek. I bet she doesn't even have a beauty mark. I bet she's putting a dot on her face to bring attention to her. And so Marilyn comes up with the idea. And she says, I'm going to use like dark eyeliner. and I'm going to make it darker. Instead of hiding this thing, I'm going to make it darker. And she believed that a huge part of her success was all those things, including the fact that she had a beauty mark on her face. So there is Cindy Crawford, who's a supermodel. And Cindy yep. Crawford, uh, by the way, uh, um, Madonna, if you ever see photographs of Madonna, sometimes she has a beauty mark on the left side and sometimes it's on the right side. So Madonna seems to get it. And so did Cindy Crawford when she was a kid. She's a supermodel. When she was a kid, she had a, a big birthmark over her, 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 um, yep. her lip. 
and it drove her nuts. And she was begging her mom, could you please get it removed? And her mom didn't. And she says right now, I am so glad my mom didn't get it removed because I believe part of why I became a supermodel was because of my beauty mark. Because you have something on your, if you're perfectly yeah. balanced, people don't notice it. But if you have some, a dot, I'm not, hopefully all the guys out there, don't start putting a dot on your face. But anyway, but it, it attracts attention because it's not what we're used to. I mean, there's- you're, um, you're, you were talking about the names and uh, I just, I had somebody jump in here. Uh, one of my viewers is a butcher up in New Hampshire. And they said one of the biggest comments from his customers is the name of his, his butcher shop. Um, and it's the, he named his on-site custom butcher shop, the body shop. <laughs> Perfect. You go. That's awesome. As, as you were saying it, I was kind of thinking about uh, about the names and different stuff that my audience has. And that was one was kept hitting in my head. And then he posted. It. I was like, oh, I'm glad he figured it out right there. <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know, I think what happens with brain glue is people start recognizing stuff that you didn't recognize before. So the body shop, you know, you go to body shop and I go in there because I like the place and everything else. But you don't realize the reason it's cool is because it's called the body shop. You know, I mean, that's one of the reasons obviously it's not the whole you have to sell good stuff okay you can't sell garbage but there are a lot of people out there that sell really great stuff and and you know because they have it a crappy name it doesn't work you know um i forget that what the name was of uh dunkin donuts uh but oh it was called um, i forget what the name was hang on a second oh open kettle so he came up with the name um uh, Bill Rosenberg came up with the he he was he wanted to have a restaurant that was that was competitive Okay. And uh, he figured I can't offer just everything. So why don't we offer like donuts and coffee? Okay. And he actually went out and he found the type of, because back then coffee tasted like crap. Okay. Unless you went to a high end uh, hotel. And so he said, why don't I offer high end hotel style coffee to my people and people will come in, but then we want to make some more money. So let's offer donuts too. Okay. And then eventually he said, well, why don't I offer lots of different types of donuts and we'll have all that stuff. But the restaurant was called Open Kettle. And so he asked uh, one of the guys who was working for him, he said, because he said nobody was coming to the restaurant and he was str struggling. And so he asked uh, uh, one of the guys in the restaurant, it's like, well, how do people eat? How, what do people do? And he said, well, they take the coffee and they dunk. They take the donut and they dunk it in the coffee. And he said, Dunkin' Donuts, alliteration, Dunkin' Donuts. But also as he's putting up the sign, Dunkin' Donuts in front, the line starts forming and never stopped just because he had the right name. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's like, wow, you know? So I have these guys, these three guys, when I started understanding how brain glue works, I started applying it on clients. So I had these three guys who had a construction company who after 10 years had 2 million of sales. That's well, not bad. You know, 2 million of sales by applying brain glue. I took them from 2 million to 10 million in one year. By the way, they razzed me because they said, Hey bond, it was supposed to be 12 million. I was shut up. They bought each other like big BMWs and all that stuff. Shut up. And we actually went to 32 million two years later and it okay. wasn't that complicated, but it was because what we did was the first thing I did was I took a whiteboard. I love whiteboards. You know, you can use a mirror. A lot of people who don't have a whiteboard, you can write whiteboard pens on a mirror. It works also. Okay. But so I took a whiteboard and I was, uh, by the way, it was really funny because I, I, I said, we have to get a whiteboard if I'm going to work with you guys. And they said, okay, but when you're done, you could take it with you because we don't use whiteboards. <laughs> Second week I was there, it was filled. <laughs> I, I love torturing. I pulled out an eraser. No, 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 eraser. Because this is before photos, cameras with, you know, on your phones. I said, what do you mean? I thought you guys don't need a whiteboard. Said, no, no, no. And he's telling me it's amazing. I'm sitting with a bunch of our contractors. And I'm, and I'm telling him, Joe, what are you going to do? And he says this, 
And these guys make promises all the time. They don't keep. So what I did was I pulled up your whiteboard and a pen and I started writing out, okay, Joe said he's going to do this. He said, and something amazing happened. You know what happened? Joe started searching desperately for a pen and a piece of paper so he could write it down because he saw I'm writing it on the whiteboard. Okay. So I love that. But anyway, so Perfect. these guys were like, Dude, you're, you're leaving that whiteboard. We're taking it. I said, I got it. Okay. But anyway, on the whiteboard, I said, let's make a shopping list of all the different types of clients you go, you, you've gone after. Okay. And we're going to play a game. So let's just do this. And it took a, about half an hour, 45 minutes. You know, who else? Who else? Okay. And they finally listed all these different things, these different types of clients they would do work for. And it's a construction company. So it could be somebody in a hut in the backyard, or it could be a, you know, an addition to the building, or it could be somebody who wants to build three buildings, whatever, you know, all these, uh, you know, whatever it is, there's lots of different things. They never want to turn down business. Then I said, okay, now we're going to play a game. I want you to pick one that if your business was going to focus just on one, who, what would you focus on? And it took a while, and they finally said, uh, there's one. We've done it for two insurance companies, fire restoration for insurance companies. Now, I don't have a construction background, but I said, what is that? And he said, well, you know, uh, an insurance company, has uh, their client has a fire. So you have to go in, and the first thing you check is the frame. If the frame is damaged, you got to tear down the whole building. But if the frame is not damaged, you want to put it up and make sure it doesn't catch a fire again, make sure everything's working and all that stuff. Okay, fire restoration for insurance companies. So then I said, let's apply brain glue to this. I didn't call it brain glue back then, but I've, you know, but that's what I was applying. I said, so when you go in, you know, you're dealing with fire. Fire is a trigger word for these guys because they know it's fire. Why don't we call you guys the fire extinguisher? Okay, for insurance companies. Okay, you're not going to extinguish the fire, but you're like the fire extinguisher. We'll get the website firex.com. Okay. And so when you go in, tell them, hey, we're your fire extinguisher. Every time you have a client that has a fire, call us. We're the fire extinguisher. It was kind of fun doing that to the clients, you know, and clients started buying and signing up like crazy. Cause then every time they had somebody with a fire, what do they think of fire extinguisher? They already have the name moving, you know, half your right. name is already in their head. And suddenly they start calling these guys. They went from 2 million after 10 years in one year to 10 million of sales. They went and in fact, one of the partners said to me, Okay, you're so smart. I never go. I'm not smart. Okay, <laughs> I'm lucky. I figured some things out. Okay, but he says, "No, you're so smart. I want to move to Hawaii. How do I do that?" And so I said, "Well, any of the insurance companies you work for, do they have branches in Hawaii?" He said, "Yeah, there are quite a few of them. So why don't you do that? Go to you know work with the branch in Hawaii." He ended up spending six months of the year in Hawaii. Okay, <laughs> and another six months back here in Southern California, where I am now. But it just you know, it's just because of the phrase. Where the fire extinguisher suddenly it connected and it, it it stuck to the brain and these guys started making more money than they ever made before. Was was that the so you asked them which ones they liked the most? But was that something were they booking those um, prior? Was that like their best customer already, or was it what they wanted to do and it was just what they were able to do because it's what they wanted to do? They had two clients that asked them randomly at one point. Could you help us with this client because we have a fire? They had two different clients. One was really damaged a lot, and one was lightly damaged. So they had never marketed it before. They never walked in and said, "We're the fire." You know, we're the you know the guys. Anytime you have a fire, they just say, "Hey, this these guys called us and we did the business for we, them." We like the work. We'd like to do more of it. Yeah, and, and they said not only that. If we just focused on this, they didn't want to specialize. They didn't want to turn off anybody else. Once right. they started specializing, they said no to everybody else because they said. Because when you specialize, suddenly you start knowing, learning tricks 
that make it easier to do it. You know, like I said, the first thing is the frame. We got to check the frame all over the place. If the frame is good, we're good. Okay. And if it's not, and, and the insurance companies trusted them because they started saying, we got these tricks we learned and started sharing the tricks. And the more they started doing this, the more they learn more tricks. Okay. I say tricks, but you know, like things that make sense. Insider knowledge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because when you do something over and over again, you know, you, you kind of get used to the fact that there's an easier way to do this or there's a better way to do this, you know? Right. Now, not every one of those works. I mean, there's, I'll give you this one. Um, so there's a slogan and slogans can be really powerful. I have three slogans for mine. I said, switch your pitch. If you want to get rich, uh, brain glue shows you how to light the fire of desire in your buyer. Okay. And I got the other one It's people say, why brain glue? Because plain glue doesn't stick to the brain. Okay. I don't know. I gotta give me a break. Okay. <laughs> so, but it is, you know, resonates. But um, so um, uh, this guy, so, um, so here's a company that a lot, when I say who the name is, people go, oh, them, and it makes sense. But they came up with this slogan and they had it in, around the world, but then they recognized that people would get all bent out of shape in North America. So they stopped it in North America. But I'll tell you what the slogan is and tell me who you think the company is. I, I hope, I'm pretty sure you probably know who it is uh, when I tell you who it is. Um, screw yourself. That's their slogan. <laughs> Ah, uh, Fastenal. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Okay, it's actually IKEA. If anybody ever bought uh, anything from IKEA, you gotta. Yeah. It comes home with screws, and you gotta screw it in yourself. And it was just a perfect <laughs> slogan. Screw yourself. But some people were offended, so they stopped. Oh, I'm it. sure. And then that's that's kind of where I get in trouble. Is like I could come up with some really good stuff that probably would get my product put on the back shelf, but a lot of people would probably like it because it is out there. Well, and that's why, so big ass fans. I mean, it's yep. when you get up to the line, sometimes you don't cross it. You know, they have In and Out Burger. Well, In and Out used to be a slogan for I have sex, okay? And it's it also uses chiasmus as In and Out. It's the opposites, okay? Yep. In and Out Burger. But they're, you know, they take on McDonald's and Burger King and all these guys that spend mil hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising. They spend almost nothing. And they're massively successful. It's a family business because it has a cool name. And we have to recognize we have to use brain glue type tools, whether you use, hopefully you buy my book, but even if you don't, you want to just, you want to use these types of tools that trigger the brain because we don't have a lot of money to spend. And so because right. we don't have a lot of money to spend that we want to come up with a hook that works so well that, you know, you can do that much effort and that much money and suddenly it takes off like crazy. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's valuable that with a few a few pieces of knowledge like that you've been sharing that I can go for a walk with the dogs and just kind of brainstorm and come up with this and exactly. come up with something that's on par with I'm going to pay a significant amount of money to someone that's going to give me something that's probably not as good. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I mean, all every one of these ones that I'm giving you examples of, or almost all of them, they were come up, not come up with marketing experts. You know, I mean, the squatty potty, they weren't marketing experts. They have no business experience. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, if you take a look, new pig corporation, he had no, he, the guy sold rags for a living. You know, I mean, you know, how, how expert in marketing do you think the guy was, you know, they would go from garage to garage. Cause you know, it was, it was the, the garages that would buy their rags and stuff like that. And then eventually, they, they he, you know, he, when he came up with the name New Pig, people started laughing. Laughers are buyers, okay? Yeah. You can get somebody oh, laughing. Sure. 
You don't especially, have to. Especially in industrial in industrial sales and in business to business sales. If you got if you got the the supply manager or the maintenance guy laughing, those are the guys that you need laughing to buy because they're going to remember you because they could give two shits about you um, exactly. when you walk out the door. But if you tell them a joke or your product makes them laugh and it does a good job. I, I, they're going to remember you because they want to laugh because their life is usually miserable or they're hating what they're doing. Well, I know these two guys who are among the top attorneys in the country and they were telling me and their kid, one guy is hilarious all the time. No matter. He just, it's, he's got it wired into him. I, I tell jokes and people go, Oh, roll their eyes. Here, I'll tell you what. Okay. So the maintenance man is hiding in the maintenance closet. And as people approach, he opens the door and screams supplies. You probably know that one. Okay. So there we go. Okay. But, <laughs> I had a company I was working with and everybody who saw me, I was working with them for over a year and everybody who saw me, they go, Oh, supplies. You know, it's like for a year they're torturing me with the punchline, you know, but what happened was they get all stressed out and suddenly, you know, you see a guy who was really stressed. Maybe they cut the product. They don't have inventory or the product. The customer was unhappy or something else. Then they see me go, Oh, supplies. And the whole body language change. Right. When you get somebody laughing, you know, they're buying. But so these lawyers, these two lawyers were telling me, this one guy, especially who's really, he's hilarious. He said, we get handed, I get handed cases all the time that other people know they can't win. And I don't win every one of them, but I win a lot of them. And the way I win them is the, the jury or the judge, if I make them laugh, they want me, they're almost leaning towards me. Do they want to, they want me to win because, and it, you don't think of it, but that's what happens. He said, and don't tell everybody. So I'm not, I didn't, I didn't say that. Okay. But I mean, you know, it was agreeable. Humor. You 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 felt bad. You felt bad making him feel bad because he was yeah, a nice exactly. guy. Because he made me feel good. There's something in laughing that's called uh, oxytocin. That's mm. and there's a uh, chiasma. I mean, there's oxytocin and there's cortisol. And cortisol is the fight or flight drug. You know. Yep. And what happens is, if somebody pisses you off or somebody scares you, cortisol goes through your bloodstream. Okay. It actually makes people resistant to your idea. If you're trying to sell them something and they're, they're pissed off because my wife, we're going through a divorce or I just lost a client or whatever else, it stays in the bloodstream for up to 36 hours. But, right. the, but the antidote for it is, is uh, oxytocin, selling a joke. You tell a guy a joke, he goes, huh, okay, I'm going through a divorce, so okay, <laughs> go ahead, tell me a joke. You know, I get, I'm a terrible joke teller, as you can tell. I just, but I mean, but people even they see you're laughing they're tr you're trying to get them to laugh and it triggers oxytocin which makes them much more receptive to buying now it doesn't have you don't have to just do that but squatty potty you're almost laughing when you hear squatty potty <laughs> what is that okay so you you were talking about um the the catchy slogans uh and so one of somebody in my audience so we have a kind of a a group of group of different podcasters we have kind of communities together and uh, one of the guys that uh, that are in the group, he from day one of his podcast has always closed with find freedom, promote preparedness and share success. And he would and he used to just point and like every time he say it, he would like point his arm. He doesn't do that quite as much anymore. But anybody that listens to him for any amount of time at the end of their shows is waiting for him to say that line. That's awesome. Find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. <laughs> That's hilarious. So he's all he's all about um, he's all about handyman building businesses, side hustles, um, propping people up, helping people. So it's all like and yeah, it's, it's well, this great. is about and this is about freedom. You and I are talking about freedom right now. 
You know, yeah. I mean, you don't want, you don't want to be a prisoner, you know, working for some guy who's a jerk or maybe a guy who's a nice guy, but you know, just you're a prisoner. You know, something happens to him. my wife works for this guy who's a civil engineer. You know, if he dies, she's screwed. Well, she's not because, you know, I'm able to make some money, but I'm just saying, you know, you don't want to be to pay. You don't want to be a prisoner. If you're working for someone, you want to be, you know, if you have a side hustle, I mean, I love, I'm a fan of side hustles. I promote it. I help with the small business administration. I do volunteer work where I'll do talk to audiences and stuff. And th this is a secret that you want to know, you know, I mean, you, you don't have to so I go to brainglubook.com. I'm not selling the book. Okay. And you, and Amazon. You, oh no, sell your book, man. <laughs> okay. Well, Hey, buy it then buy it. Okay. No, but I'm just saying, but you go to amazon.com it'll take you to amazon.com where the book is and amazon lets you watch read free stuff and it's got a table of contents so you can see a lot of the tools there's also a story i'm going to tell you a story i'm going to well, ruin one, it. one of the things i noticed because i went and grabbed i just went and grabbed uh an affiliate link for your book on amazon uh to throw in the notes alongside your your link and um i saw that the kindle unlimited is is a free read for, for people that enroll in the Kindle Unlimited. And I think a bunch of people in my audience already are subscribed to that. So they might be able to read it um, through their Kindle subscription. So And it's not me narrating. We have this guy, Johnny Unitas, not the football player, but his, his name is Johnny <laughs> Unitas. And he's, he's hilarious. He's really, he's- You, he's, you and all, you and all your, uh, you and all your name people. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. But, but it works, you know? It's just, it works. I mean, and it's, you know, it's, we have to have fun. I mean, I, I look at, um, I heard uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock can't do comedy at colleges anymore because it offends somebody. It's like, shut up. You know I mean? <laughs> when we know laughing, you know, laughter is the best medicine is true because it triggers, you know, all the stuff that we can actually fight a disease off better, you know? And it's like, everybody's focused on, no, life is serious. Well, life is not serious. I saw a guy that said, a teacher said, life sucks and then you die. And I'm like, no, no, that's not. I, mean, I want to get some of those T-shirts so I can give it to. There are certain people I can actually really. Use. It applies right to them. But I mean, it's just no. Life is fun. You got to have fun right now. You know, the guys that sell Squatty Potty, just describing their product, they're laughing. You know, right. and that's what you got to have. You got to have fun. You know, I mean, New Pig Corporation is almost a billion-dollar company with just these three guys that were partners together, they, friends that came together. I don't even think they shook hands. I think they shook hands. I don't even think they signed a contract and they had fun together. And that's what we have to have is, you know, if you have a product that's really cool, even Men Are From Mars, Men Are From Venus, it's kind of a fun title. I, I, I got one that I've latched on to um, a member in my audience. He actually he actually uh, does some work for the show. He makes a history segment for me every day. He's part of something they got spinning up called Duction Cups. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. I don't know if you know, I don't know if you know, like uh, the Jeep, the Jeep Wranglers and those uh -huh. guys, the Jeepers, they, yep. they give each other these little rubber ducks like as a sign of friendship <laughs> and things well they put them all on their on their dashboard well his, a friend of his came up with this idea to put a little suction cup that you know because they all have the little hole in the bottom where they squeak well they made a little plug that plugs into the hole and then you can suction cup it to the dash That's and brilliant. then they wouldn't stick to the dash and so now they make boards that you can suck it like they mount to the dash and then you can stuck the ducks but duction cups i was like that's phenomenal. 
Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. And that's you got. If you have a product or service and you're trying to sell it and you don't give it a cool name, you're hurting yourself. You don't realize right. it. You have an, you know, Duction Cups is an awesome. It's an awesome name, but I can also visualize it as you're describing it to me. If I saw one once, I'd remember it. Man, you got to get Duction Cups. Are hilarious. They're awesome. You got to get them on your dashboard. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I, but stick it's just... I actually stick it to the side of my coffee cup in the <laughs> Really. <laughs> But it's just we have a responsibility to make other people have a good life, just like we have a good life, you know. And he's duction cups. How can you not laugh when you hear that, you know? And it's just, exactly. you know, you're not laughing hysterically, but it's just it's cool. It triggers, you know, maybe, ha ha, this is really cool. I'm going to get one of those, you know. And it's just that's when we when we recognize that that actually makes us a ton of money, too. Oh, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Hey, uh, what I had one thing on my notes here that um, you mentioned that uh, parents and moms use this um, <laughs> okay. or could use this. Maybe some moms need to use this probably to get their kids to remember shit. Um, yeah, is this, exactly. is this what well, we're going down? Because we got we got a few minutes left here and I got some parents in the audience. Um, what do you got for them? Okay, here we go. And we know Dr. Seuss is massively loved and all that stuff, the cat in the hat and all that, uh, except if you're crazy. And I'm not even going to go there. Um, so this mom says, I've got twins and a 14-year-old. And my twins, I read them a story, and uh, they want another story and another story. And it's like, huh, it drives me nuts. And I have a hard time telling them, you know, no, you know. So I said, well, let's come up with a, a rhyme, you know. When the story's read, we go to bed. So just try that on them. So she said, okay, when – the kids said, hey, mommy, can you read us the story? Okay, but remember this. When the story's read, we go to bed. So repeat after me. When the story's read, and they said, we go to bed, mommy. Okay, good. And so she, I read the story. and said, mommy, another story. Said, ah, when the story's read, okay, mommy, we go to bed. And so she said it worked really well. So now you got to help me with my 14-year-old. It's like the torture of you, you do one. <laughs> so here's something else. Try this one. This is even more complicated. She says, my 14-year-old boy says, uh, mommy, why do we have to follow so many rules in life? So she says, you got to help me. How do I answer that one? So I said, okay, let's start with rhyme. What rhymes with rule? Uh, with What rhymes with uh, rules? Fools. Only fools don't follow rules. So we got a hook, okay? But let's give them an analogy or a metaphor too. So I, I, working with her, I came up with one. And I'm sitting with her and her son. And I said, okay, so you were asking your mom, why do we have to follow so many rules in life, right? She said, He said, yeah. I said, well, when you're thirsty, you could drink out of the toilet. But why would you want to? Remember, only fools don't follow rules. And he goes, oh, okay, that makes sense. Does it really make sense? Or I just trigger things in his brain. <laughs> Doesn't totally make sense, but I mean, but it resonated with him. You see how it works? Right, yeah. Um, and, I mean, you, see, you see it in the, you see it in the, um, um, like the cleanup song that the kids always sing. Um, and I saw somebody actually posted a video of that one day. And somebody commented and said, oh, thanks a lot. Um, it's been 20 years since I heard that. But as soon as I heard it, all I wanted to do was straighten up my desk. <laughs> because it sticks. It sticks to yeah, the brain. It's, it's just, I remember, yeah. you know, uh, head and shoulders, knees and toes, eyes, ears, mouth and nose. It's like, what? Okay, Jack and Joe and up the hill too. You know, I heard that like 65 years ago. I'm old. <laughs> what can I say? On my deathbed, you could say Jack and Joe went and I would finish it. Why? Because I, even though I heard it such a long time ago, these things stick to the brain. And that's right. what you want is you want a name for your product or a pitch that sticks to the brain. So people, when they're ready to buy or if they want to do it now, they'll say, you know what, well, let's do this. 
so i had i had a um i had a uh, math teacher in high school and it, i've, I've taught it's not just me that remembered this like I, I remember math stuff pretty easy but other students have told me that years and years and years later um they are still using the formulas and the things that he taught us um to he was geometry so like he would tell a story about the formula so like the circumference of a circle um and the 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 story would culminate with the punchline which would be a very very close rendition of the formula and now 40 years later when i need to find the circumference of a of a circle i say chef boy rd because it's circumference equals pi which is boy was a little line with an r over it chef oh, okay cool pi at titan's oh, diameter um right. but it went with a whole okay. story about uh, like little caesars and square pizzas and a uh, old pizzeria and he had this story and that story is in my brain and i don't i know what the for how to find the circumference of a circle but i still say it in my head anytime i need to and right. it's it it's this this type of thing and that's what it is it sticks to the brain like glue i mean it's just there's some things it's amazing you know we don't realize it until like people go like i went through this because i started laying stuff on the bed and i went like oh wow rhyme i mean uh if the glove don't fit you must acquit okay <laughs> uh, he used a rhyme i remember there were two of the uh, jurors for uh in the oj trial and uh, a journalist is asking him you know with all that evidence against him how come you let him go and one of them says it while the other one's nodding her head. She says, well, we knew if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. The glove didn't fit. We had to acquit, you know, yeah. but we had this much evidence. But this poem, ding, you know, I mean, it yeah, worked. you have you have the taglines that come out and truth or truth or fiction. It, it doesn't really matter sometimes. <laughs> so I so I gave the story about that little boy. So let me give you two political ones that they use that don't make any sense, but they resonate. OK, Um. You can't hug a child with nuclear arms. Okay, it's what? <laughs> but I mean, it resonates even though it's like it's nonsense. But you know right. how you hug a child, that's emotional. Nuclear arms, you got another one putting it together. So here's another one. And I am not against uh, gun control. I mean, I am not for gun control, okay? So I want to say that right up front. But I was amazed by this, uh, this uh, comedian that said this. The right to bear arms is almost as crazy as the right to arm bears. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it resonates with people. That's why I hate this. I want to, you know, politics. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's the buzzwords. Um, and they're great. They're great. At, they're they work. like, yeah, they work. They work. And, um, in the hands of wrong people, it's not very good. You see it in that. You see it in the mainstream media and right, right. usually politicians are, are spouting buzzwords that don't make any sense, but they stick in your head. And once they're there, it doesn't matter if they say, Oh, uh, I was wrong. Uh, it's already there. It's <laughs> yeah, right. newspaper retraction thing. So, so let me give you this uh, poem. Okay. And I want to tell you how powerful this is. I was standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona, such a fine sight to see. It's a girl, my Lord, in a flatbed Ford slowing down to take a look at me. You know that song is the Eagles and all that. It was a massive success for them. You know what else it was? It was a massive success for Winslow, Arizona. 
had this lady in Arizona. Right. She said, have you ever been to Winslow, Arizona? It's a hole in the wall. But they put a statue of a lamppost with a guy leaning on it. And on top of it, it says, standing on the corner. And then she's telling me, no, they also put a lady, a girl in a flatbed Ford right next to it. So people are, you're driving on Route 66 and you go, Winslow, Arizona. Oh, Winslow, Arizona. Let's check it out. They'll stop there. They'll take pictures in front of the uh, the statue. And they'll, they'll buy a drink or something like that. So the city right. makes some money. But that's it. They weren't trying to sell Winslow, Arizona, but in because it's in the song, bam, suddenly it sells. That's it's so powerful. And even if you don't mean to, you're gonna sell. Right, right, for sure, for sure. By yeah. association. Right, exactly. So. Well, and also connections and brain glue. Yeah, Winslow, right. Arizona. Winslow, Arizona. Wait a second. As soon as you see the sign, you're going, I've been standing on <laughs> a corner in Winslow, you're singing the song. Yep, yep, for sure. Um so anyway, we got about, we have a few minutes left here. Uh, this has been really fascinating, eye-opening, um, and amazing that time after time, I have people come here and tell me things I already know, and they blow my brain. Um, but you did. All these, all these things that I knew, and you, you connected the dots and really, um, and really put out there why, um, why we remember these things. Uh Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your book and uh, and any parting thoughts here, and uh, we'll get you wrapped up and uh, and get you on with your evening. Okay, so the first thing is, um, if you're a logical person as I am, and you are, most of the people here are, are listening are, then you 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 have to remember that you're going to fall back into the trap of describing things logically. My book was originally called "Sell More with the Right Brain Marketing Strategy," and I had, I was lucky because I got. Um, um, uh, Jack Hanfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, who's massively wealthy and successful. And he read the book. He actually got tortured. He said, you know, your damn book, I just picked it up and I couldn't put the damn thing down. And I have all these other things to read, but I couldn't stop reading yours. I'm forcing everybody else in my company to read it, which is kind of nice. But he's, but it was called Sell More with the Right Brain Marketing Strategy. And he said, but I'm going to give you a, a, a quote you can use and everything else on one condition. you got to change the title of the book. It's brain glue. The whole book's about brain glue. What do you, what's this sell more of the right brain marketing? You're trying to get us to do right brain marketing and you're giving us a left brain title. And he was right, sadly, because I had all these reviews and everything. I had to go back to zero. Hey, but before so you, before you keep going, I, um, one question, uh, just had a question pop in here and, uh, uh, listener was wondering, do you think trigger words will be problematic going forward? Well, I think, I think I know the line he's going down with the society as it is Are trigger words, um, can are they going to get you in trouble, or, or are they still valuable? Well, you have to be care. You have to be careful. Okay, ha, uh, you know, big ass fans that could get him in trouble if he was going to run ads on Amazon or something like, or some places like that. They'll say, well, you can't be having a swear word in there. You know, and they're all they're even lining up. But big, you know, so you have to un you have to understand that you have to be willing to to take a chance sometimes, you know, but there are other ways to do it. Like the guy with the lawnmower, you know, I mean, it's not a lawnmower, but it's a lawnmower. So he's giving you in and out burgers. doesn't totally, you know, it's Innuendo not might be better than, uh, than straight out um, saying what you want. Exactly. Except the big ass fans he did sell his company after 15 years for $500 million. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I, people... I guess he really doesn't give a shit at this point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, just understand your, your audience, but you know, but yeah, so it is always, a, there is a risk, right. especially right. in this woke environment yeah. that we're in. Well, and I, I think that, I think that's the line he's going down. Is it, is it going to be, is it going to get harder and harder or um, hopefully it just gets to a tipping point because 
I can't. It's it's either going to get to a point where no one can say anything, or enough people are going to be like, "This is stupid." Well, they had the comedian. Um, I forget what his name is. The black guy who finally said, "The hell with this." He came up with a story about his gay friend or transcend, whatever it was. And they made up this whole garbage about that. You hate, you know, it's, it's transphobic. And he said, no, I'm not. Screw you. And I'm going to keep telling jokes. Right. And so I think slowly, but it's the comedians in the world, probably that are going to be, you know, people are going well, to have to be, they have to be, that's, that's their living. You can't, you can't, you, you can't be not a, I mean, comedy isn't funny unless something's being made fun of. That's exactly. the whole point because, of comedy. Exactly. But I mean, Joe Rogan is like, they hate Joe Rogan, but they don't know how to deal with him because he's basically saying, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to do it any way I want because I'm Joe Rogan. I got my audience. Right. And that's, you know, and that's, you know, I think more and more people like you are, are you know, people love you because you're, you're, you're a real guy. You know, you're telling the truth. You're talking, you're saying how it is. And if it's a bunch of shit, you don't like it, you're going to say it, you know, right. and when we need to, get back to that because for health reasons, we need to get back to it. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, sorry, but if you're not laughing, you're dying. You don't realize it. People laugh, live all the time, live longer lives and happier lives. So yep. if you're not laughing, you get wound like, up tighter to drum and, and then your, your ticker pops. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> you, you, you want to die. If you're going to die, you might as well die laughing. Okay. Come on. Uh, the website is brain glue book dot com is that did i get it right there yeah and that'll take you to amazon so you can just sort of you know cheat and take a look at a bunch of the part of the books perfect, perfect. i um man yeah eye-opening i i am so glad you came on and and had a chat with me and um hey if you want to take a minute and uh, throw something out there to uh close things up or if you're all done uh we we can wrap it up and uh and I can close the show up. But if you got something you want to leave the audience with, the floor is yours. Um, well, two things. First is why brain glue? Because plain glue doesn't stick to the brain. Okay. But also start with an analogy. Come up with the craziest analogy you could think of. My product is just like, blah, it's like bubble gum. Okay. And be as crazy as possible. And then practice it on, try it on a family member or a friend. And Watch the reaction. I think what happens with a lot of people, I'll go back to the lawnmower, okay? I mean, he must have been laughing like hysterically until he finally said, what if, I mean, think of the risk. Is it risky to call your product a shaver, a razor, and a lawnmower? But no, it's, yeah, it's so risky that a guy's worth over $100 million now. It's like, give me a break, okay? He went from zero to, you know, you have to understand that, you know, have fun. And have fun and start with analogy. Analogy is the funnest part to do. It's like, what is the craziest analogy you could think of that describes your product? And I think with that, that'll at least start your brain going with like, hey, yeah, this can be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Perfect. James, I really appreciate you coming um, and uh, hanging out for a little while and, and uh, chatting about your book and uh, and your discovery is uh, is phenomenal that, it, that everything got to put together like that. Um, I'm going to drop you off here and I'm going to close things up. If you'll hang out for a minute, uh, I'll catch up with you in a second and, uh, and we'll, we'll get done and uh, get you on your way. Thank you very much, Brian, for having me, by the way. Thank you. All right. No problem. You have a good night. You too. All right, James, I bond beautiful. I, uh, man, what a great conversation as he started talking about, um, the first list of, of, uh, slogans and names it all started clicking. And as it went on, I, I felt like I've missed the boat for quite a long time. But 
now I've seen, now I've seen what's going on. Uh, so I'm going to try to keep putting that into, uh, into use. I suggest that you, you go take a look at James's book and, uh, and see what it, if it can help you. Like I said, I saw it earlier this morning. I think Kindle, um, Kindle premium, or the, the Kindle subscription, you uh, Kindle Unlimited, I'm sorry, uh, can get that uh, as part of the subscription. So link is in the video descriptions and the audio descriptions. I appreciate listening. And this has been another episode of Lots to Talk About. And we will talk to you next time.